0: Hello, I'm Dr. Annalene Weston, dental legal consultant at Dental Protection. Welcome to Risk Bites, a series of podcasts created specifically for dental practitioners in Australia. Risk Bites looks at the key dental legal risks and issues affecting dental practitioners across Australia and provides helpful advice and guidance on how to steer clear of them, leaving you free to provide safe and high quality dental care for your patients. In this edition, my colleague and fellow dental legal consultant, Dr. Kieran Keshwara, is going to consider with us why complaints hurt so very much, and what the real hurt actually is. So, Kieran, what would you say is one of the worst ways to begin your day?
1: Even worse than not having my coffee in the morning, I'd say one of the worst ways to start your day as a clinician would be to open your emails and find an email from a law firm saying, "Patient name, negligence." your name. Or imagine if you get an email from APRA and the dental board letting you know that a complaint has been lodged against you. It's a classic heart sink moment where you feel like someone has dropped the ice in the pit of your stomach and the walls start to close in.
0: Yeah, it would definitely rattle any of us. So why do you think we experience such a strong visceral reaction when we receive a complaint against us?
1: I think because as clinicians, really, we pride ourselves on providing the best level of care for our patients. We hold ourselves to such a high standard that any suggestion of failing can feel like an attack. We feel guilty for the patient's alleged suffering. And along with the guilt, we can feel a range of other emotions, shock, fear, shame, or maybe even anger. And unfortunately, these emotions aren't just in silos. They can result in physical symptoms such as insomnia, shortness of breath or increased heart rate.
0: If we do get a letter or email alleging that we've harmed a patient, it can be very easy to start doubting our abilities and second-guessing ourselves, can't it?
1: And that's really true. And as you know, we talk to a lot of members who have been on the receiving end of such issues. When we talk to them, many members express a reduced sense of self-worth, and some even question dentistry as a career. They can erroneously believe that a complaint means that they're incompetent.
0: And once you're in that downward spiral, it's really easy to catastrophize and start to imagine worst case scenarios.
1: Of course. I know it's happened to most of us when we're stressed. You can start thinking about things like, will I get deregistered? Will I have to go to court? What about public exposure, reputational damage? And or maybe even a large financial loss.
0: Yeah, and I want to take a moment just at this right time to stress to our members that most of the time these worst case scenarios don't come to fruition.
1: Yeah, and you know, going back to our emotional state, we have to be very careful about how we manage our stress and how we view ourselves. This stress can also show up as irritation and frustration against our teams and our patients, maybe even our family members, which can impact morale and lead to even more mistakes. And this can then start a feedback loop. We get more complaints, so we get more agitated, rinse and repeat, a seemingly never ending downward spiral.
0: So please rest assured that the worst case scenarios aren't as common as we first think that they are when we receive these letters. So, Kieran, could you please let our listeners know of the timelines once you become aware of this complaint? Because I think people want to know how long they're going to have to suffer through this.
1: Yeah. And the timelines differ, really, depending on how the patient complains, whether they've gone through a lawyer or to the dental board. If it's a law firm that's contacted you with a compensation claim, this can actually drag on for months or, as you know, Annalene, even longer. That's because this timeline can include a range of actions from letters between lawyers to mediation to a court hearing. In that case, Dental Protection will assist you by reviewing all your records and analysing all communications from the lawyers. We'll basically take the management of the case for you, which also includes appointing one of our panel law firms to assist. Our intention is to let you do what you do best, and that's treat patients while we work in the background and ensure we get the best possible outcome for you. In the rarest of cases, you may need to go to court. And if this does happen, don't worry, we'll be there to help you and back you up with our dental and legal expertise. Now, if it's a dental board complaint, you usually have about two weeks to respond. So time here is of the essence, and we urge you to give us a call as soon as you receive this notice. We'll assist you with your submission and make sure that you properly address the complaint. You may also need to appear before the dental board or in New South Wales, the Dental Council, and we'll also help you prepare for this as well. It can be a bit daunting to appear in front of the dental board or council as it's not our usual clinical setting and members express discomfort feeling judged by a panel of their peers. It's natural to feel stressed in such situations and dental protection will help you through this process.
0: We will and we'll be sat right next to you, quite literally, while you're going through it. So the next question people want to ask is how long is it going to take to receive a response from the dental board?
1: That's a, you know, how long is a piece of string type of question. And honestly, it can take many months, but you will be notified once you've got a response. One point to note is that you're not always found to be in the wrong. You may also find out that you have to present your case in person. Now, since this can be months after the submission, it can reignite the same feelings that you initially experienced when you received the complaint. And many of our members report bouts of anxiety from time to time as their case progresses, whether it's via lawyers or via the dental board. And that's maybe probably because they don't really know what's happening and it's, you know, the, the fear of the unknown.
0: Oh, the uncertainty is sure. huge. I agree. And our members often report on how having an open case, so one of these matters hanging over them is really taxing. Mm. And that's something that we understand quite well, not least of which, Kieran, because you and I have both done additional training as mental health first aiders.
1: That's true. And it really can be. And I'd like to stress the importance of mental health as the case progresses. We do offer counselling services to our members for issues such as burnout, anxiety and conflict. Support is available 24-7 and I'd like to remind our members that this service is entirely confidential and independent of dental protection. We won't be notified whether you access the service and, or what you talk about. And you can find out more details about the counselling service via our website and by accessing the wellness hub. The hub also includes an e-care app which is personalised and interactive and there are some podcasts, articles and reports selected for your benefit. Remember, looking after yourself is just as important as looking after your patients, if not more. I feel that sometimes as dentists we tend to forget this and become consumed by our work.
0: Yeah, we do and self-care is equally as important as anything else and easily overlooked. So Kieran, at the end of it all when there's a claim from a law firm now, yeah. what's the resolution? Do we always end up in a trial?
1: With a claim for compensation, there are a few ways that it can be resolved. This may be that the claim is dropped entirely, which is definitely relieving. Uh, early negotiations may occur between the two parties and this can occur outside of any formalised settings. Sometimes we have to go to a mediation, which is a more formal negotiation with an appointed independent mediator. or, as I said before, very rarely the case can go to trial, which would be in court in front of a judge, and you don't always go to trial. During COVID times, we have found that cases have moved online, so you present virtually, but physically, you're in a room surrounded by, you know, us or other colleagues. Presenting in court these days can be very different depending on the circumstances.
0: Yeah, it can. It feels different too. So, sorry to jump back to the dental board, but it's a very, very different process, isn't it, when a complaint's made to the dental
1: board? Yeah, it, it is for sure. Save for a few occasions, lawyers generally aren't involved um, for complaints made to the dental board. There are a number of outcomes that can occur. No further action, which is obviously the best outcome and the one we all want to hear. This means that the dental boards looked into the complaint and don't think further action is necessary. It can be because the clinician has learned from what's happened or they've been counselled by the board or council.
0: It's worth making the point here, isn't it, that that's the most commonly occurring outcome, of course, with around two thirds, sometimes as high as 70% in a year yeah. cases getting no further action. Yeah. The odds are in your favour
1: yeah for sure and that's what i talk to many of the members about yeah. and just sort of say that look we'll help you through this let's try and learn from this and if we can show what you've learned then more likely than not you will get the outcome of no further action mm. the other outcome is could be that a caution is issued and this is essentially a warning to encourage the dentist or other clinician to take care and be mindful of their conduct when performing procedures there may be undertakings made where the practitioner cannot provide a certain treatment modality until certain conditions have been met, or there may be conditions imposed on your practice. And this can include additional CPD, audits, working under supervision, or on-site performance reviews. And as you can see, the range of conditions range in severity. Very, very rarely, you may have a suspension or deregistration. And this is so rare because it indicates That there's been grievous professional misconduct. For listeners who are currently waiting on the results of their case, a good perspective to adopt is, as we mentioned earlier, is to remember that the vast majority of members we assist with dental board or dental council submissions do get no further action.
0: Yeah, it's certainly a helpful perspective rather than um, tending to catastrophize, especially when our stress levels are high as we wait for the outcome. Now, what else can our members do to lessen their stress at any time during this sometimes lengthy and arduous complaints process?
1: There are a number of things we can all do when we're stressed, and especially more so when we receive a complaint. For the short term, I recommend doing the simplest thing at the start, which is to breathe. You're probably thinking, Karen, we all know how to breathe. True, but when we're stressed, which we can be when we receive such a complaint, is we forget how to breathe properly. Studies have shown that. Slowing down your breathing and taking deep breaths help relax the body. Box breathing or square breathing is an excellent technique during these times as it can distract your mind and calm your nervous system. How you do this? You simply sit down, breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, and then exhale for four seconds. You repeat this a few times until you feel more centered and more calm.
0: Yeah, I love a bit of box breathing and much as I'd like to do it right now, I think it would sound pretty creepy if we started (laughs) breathing down the microphone. But do try it because it's an excellent technique, particularly when you have that heart sink moment and you see a complaint or a claim and you feel like you're hyperventilating or you can't breathe properly Because you've done something terrible or you feel you've done something terrible because surely you must have. Mm. That's how you feel, isn't it? I must have been terrible to warrant this complaint. Now bear in mind your sympathetic nervous system is heading into overdrive. So Mm. breathing steadily and just turning off that fight or flight reaction can just be so helpful.
1: Definitely. And I think another tip that is difficult But really important, again, is try not to take it personally. And this is easier said than done, but please don't take it personally. Complaints can happen at any time, even if negligence hasn't actually occurred.
0: Which it rarely has, of course. True, true.
1: And we know that in a 10-year period between 2008 and 2018, instances of complaints have increased exponentially. And anecdotally, members are telling us that more patients seem to be complaining and not willing to sit down and talk directly with us. It's important to remember that many times a patient or their lawyers may not actually understand the nuances of dental treatment and so are bringing forward a case without any merit. If we have made a mistake, it still doesn't mean that we're bad clinicians and the dental board doesn't see it this way either, which may be why most complaints are dismissed. Now, armed with this knowledge that complaints are increasing, it's helpful to understand the process of complaints. When the process is foreign, it can be uncomfortable and increase anxiety because we don't know how to conduct ourselves. It's not like we're in clinic, we're aware we're in control and we're in charge. So if we take the time to understand the process, we may get a sense of clarity and a sense of control over the actions that we can take. This also helps in not letting our imaginations run wild with the worst possible scenarios. Of course, as always, dental protection, along with our panel law firms, will guide you through this process. We'll be there with you for any appearances before the dental board or the courts and help you through any of the issues that may come up. All of this can be very taxing, so remember to lean on your support network. That's what they're there for. This can include family, friends, colleagues, Your indemnity provider and counselling. And I'll mention it again because it's so important to remember Dental Protection does provide free counselling services to all our members, regardless of whether a complaint has been made or not.
0: And we really would encourage you to utilise it. So, Kieran, to tie this all together then, what do you think our members should do when they receive that dreaded notification?
1: Firstly, as we said before, take a few deep breaths, try and gather your thoughts and contact us. As we've discussed today, you'll be feeling a range of emotions and during such times it's very useful to have us look over the complaint and give you an objective view. Sometimes we may have to have a conversation about what a third party, whether it's a lawyer or a dental board, will be critical of. As I've said before, it is better that we go into what can be a very terrifying process with our eyes open and aware of what can happen, so that when we're We're not in for any surprises later on down the track. We can help manage the matter and guide you through the process. As clinicians ourselves, we know that things can and do go wrong. And we definitely understand the range of emotions you may be feeling. Remember, we're here to help.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just because you make a mistake, it doesn't make you, as Kieran said, a bad practitioner. And it doesn't make you a bad person. So thanks, Kieran. That's such helpful advice. And we truly hope it's been helpful to all of you listening. We look forward to sharing more guidance with you in the future. If you like Dental Protection Podcasts and you'd like to hear more, please subscribe and leave a review.